0: It would be one thing if life was like NASCAR. When you only have one lap left and they wave the white flag to let you know this is the last one. If you can make it around the corner, it's all done. But life doesn't wave the white flag. So then we wave our white flag. Not even knowing that just around the next turn, just around the next sacrifice, Just if you can make it through this season. Just if you don't give up this trial. You see, the reason you can't stop is because you might be so fucking close. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to quit when you're this close? Wouldn't it be a shame for you to walk away when you come this far? Wouldn't it be horrible for you to bail out right now When you're just this close to victory, you can't just walk by what you see. You can't just give up because it doesn't feel good. You can't let people talk you out of it. You can't let your emotions stop you from moving forward. Boom. (sighs) Wow. Man, yeah, that's one of my motivational speeches. Whoa, thirty-four. What's going on, guys? Can you remember that age? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was years ago. Uh, what's going on, guys? It's one of my motivational speeches. I d- look, let me clear this up. I don't know the author. I, I know that he speaks it, so I always say the author of the speech. It wasn't me. Uh, if you want that, you can ask me for it, but I'm going to make it really difficult to tell you what speech that is. It's one of the ones that I listen to every fucking training session, It is different when you hear it. I hope that it hits you the way it hits me because it is something that has been kept keeping me going even through my surgeries surgeries. Um, What's going on guys? This is your host of the Battle Axe podcast MDOP episode 30 fucking four man to make that correct with my famous now and handsome Baron of the North podcast buddy. Johnny Banks. Yo, what is up?
1: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for coming.
0: We are in a... The room that we're in right now has completely changed feng shui, and it's kind of fucking me up. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, we don't like change. Nope. it's I don't like change. I don't like these lights. They're kind of hot, too, I'll be honest with you. We should yeah. have thought about turning those off, right? Maybe a little I bit have- more rammed. We'll show you guys what's going on. We'll take pictures of this fucking debacle. We're really like two dinosaurs <laughs> in a shoebox. I swear, to you. you don't even fit in that chair. I'm going to give you an image, okay? Imagine <laughs> a small T-Rex in a cat litter box. That's what I'm looking at right in front of me. Um, these damn dancers' hips. Yeah, just we're going to almost everything. knocked over <laughs> these fucking hips. Uh, First of all, like we always do, I always like to give thanks to those people that support us in all ways and always possible. Cerberus USA, thank you so much. Uh, You guys have been great to my my athletes. Always use code BATTLE for a discount. Um, To BV305, to the family, to the extended family, and BV brothers all around the world, you guys always continue to support us from Australia to Puerto Rico to Europe to all over the USA. Guys, thank you so much for the listens and the reposts to med cbd a local homegrown miami company thank you guys you've been phenomenal and of course to the battle Ox gym the clan and everybody in that family and culture that continues to stick together and push through all the bullshit of the world so thank you guys so much so um well first of all we've it's been a while since the last episode I yeah think it was like
1: four weeks i mean it feels busy. like four years we're very busy guys yeah i don't
0: know <laughs> I don't know I don't have my table in front of me so I feel exceptionally weird not being able to write things down right in front of me but we're going to bring a table for the next one but we did we did have we always have a theme going into every episode and it's been traditionally a good feeling that these kind of come up genuinely and I'm really happy that we didn't we never really force an episode so we're very straightforward if we're not really feeling it if it's not really there we don't really pick Anything, even our QA episodes, that's not filler episodes, just because we really like interacting and answering questions and feeling our people out. Everything is 100% genuine, even our fuck ups. And I'm pretty sure in about 45 minutes, when I get up to pee, that is it will turn into the John Banks show. Just John Banks, the best part of the show. (laughs) Please do that. Oh, he's back. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Um, (laughs) but, um, but, yeah, this episode, and this is something I've been, it was awesome because we were supposed to sit down and record this episode a couple of weeks ago.
1: Mm.
0: And it just, it didn't work scheduling. But, honestly, I didn't, we really didn't have, like, a theme for it. We were just both kind of like, meh. And then this episode, um, we had scheduled, finally, our, medu- our our schedules kind of, like, happened to coincide with our adult lives. And it was just perfect because I was feeling the preparation, mm-hmm. um, the vlogs uh, that we've been posting on, on my Instagram at the Battle Axe Gym, working with my buddy Gabby, um, so so it was cool. just amazing. Yeah, G T A Q. he's doing phenomenal, and it gets better every episode, man. It's you can really see him come into his own. Yep. So shout out to you, Gabby, um, and this motherfucker again, family, man. This is free. This is just us doing it on our own accord, just like what we do here, until we come sponsored and forget all of you.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't reach me at any email. Nerds, I act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> uh, but the five of us who know that, yeah, the five,
0: the five people. Hi, I'm 37 years old. Um, so, in preparation for Florida's strongest, um, now is when it's starting to go. I think a lot of us compete at the end of the year, typically in strength sports. It's springtime, early summer, and end of the year tends to be. A very high level of competition. You have nationals, you have state championships, you have, you know, right now is uh I think there's there's one called a throwdown up in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, that's uh is that Worlds?
0: Y- yeah, I believe so. It's a big powerlifting competition. Then they have strongman worlds all over the place to buy end of the year, also because the year kind of cools off. Yeah. So it's a great time for for competition and indoor stuff. So I think a lot of us are in preparation for some sort of competition. This is not to ignore any of you who are not competitive because I think, like as we always do, we transcend the concept of sport into a more real-life um, contact and association where anyone is preparing for something at any time. Mm-hmm. And if you read between the lines, I think a lot of the topics, what which I skim through, as I always do, because that's cheating, I think he's going to bombard me with some some great questions. But I think it's easy to correlate that just because you're not getting necessarily ready for competition doesn't mean that some of these things are just not going to hit you in the bones. So we grouped together and we set up a date and um, we decided to really focus in on the different aspects, both physically, mentally, you know, emotionally. And for those that really think, you know, and think deeply subconsciously and spiritually and what you have to do or what I like to do or what we think we should do going forward into any kind of endeavor whether it's sports or you know financial or family or business wise and things like that
1: yeah absolutely it's uh i like that you opened with that because it's important for people to know As as good as people think this comes out there are several times we've been like and this ain't the one yeah you know
0: i don't i yo so whatever. Not to toot our own horn,
1: which I love <laughs> to do.
0: Love tooting horns. Toot, toot. Uh no eye contact, no eye contact, but tons of horn tooting. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's one of our that's one of our favorite things is to just bring you a genuine um opinion on things and not necessarily force it down your throats. And it just happens that this is perfect. A lot yep. of the topics that we talk about is also reflective of what we are what we are experiencing in life. And it just so happens to be coincidental and some sort of, you know, beautiful cohesion of things that it happens to correlate with some of you in some very heavy ways, whether it's happening to you right now or whether it's happening, if has happened to you in the past. So going forward on this episode, I think we're really going to tackle some things that I I have felt very passionate for many, many years, obviously, as a competitive athlete and as a person that lives life in this particular fashion of continuously, you know, not being bored with himself and just you know the i'm your huckleberry concept for everything which is gonna kill me young Relentless but yeah yeah i even competed about my hemoglobin level in this level and then fucking goose look let me tell you guys a story recover, okay? so we're doing we're taking our blood this morning and there's a little meter there it says you know hb and i'm like what's that and they're like oh hemoglobin i'm like what is it they're like 15.4 i'm like ha i'm Champion. the winner i'm the best i beat esteban <laughs> i beat nelson i beat jeremy i'm winning i'm winning and I leave champion, and this fucking guy Goose, one of our guys, we call Goose because he looks like Goose from Top Gun, sixteen point one. So, I basically what What's I'm trying on? to tell you guys, no, it's not even what he's on. I don't even want him at the gym anymore. Is so we lost, I lost a client. It was a good run. <laughs> I wish him the best, Goose. If you're listening, um, fuck off.
1: Pack so, your shit. Yeah,
0: pack your shit. <laughs> pack your locker, <laughs> you piece of shit. Um, but everything is competition, man, and uh, and that's part of what we're really gonna get into and, and and going forward into all that stuff and where we get at it
1: yeah let's do it. so um you know your passion comes out a lot, especially in terms of uh, your approach to training and and coaching and what describe what you would what it means to you to be able to prepare not only yourself but your athletes for competition
0: so good question um, originally. I had uh much more focus on preparing myself, obviously. Uh, I came from being coached most of my early life as a fighter and then even in rugby, which was um, happening at the same time as I was competing in rugby and competing in strongman and powerlifting all at the same time, which aged me tremendously, but some of the best times of my life and some of the strongest, believe it. Um, and yeah, that weekend that I loaded a 420 stone, I went and played rugby a week later. It was just one of these, it was one of those times where things just couldn't go wrong. you know. Yeah. I wasn't as beat up. Um, anyway, my focus then was really to be about coaching myself, preparing myself. To, it was hard to get out of that warrior mentality. It was, happening, it was very hard for me to just start to focus on others, whether it was on family or friends. I mean, you can ask all my close. I was much more relentless, and people would say, you know, aggressive, or Michael used to be a lot meaner, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like... To an extent, because I hadn't, first of all, I was much younger and immature in many ways, but more importantly, um, it was because I just wanted to focus on myself. I didn't have many competitive athletes at all, actually. My first my first competitive athlete was Bobby, uh, Bobby Milgar, who is a firefighter now. Congratulations. Um, he was my first person that wasn't me, you know, yeah. and that was uh, very nerve-wracking, of course, you know, just one of those things, but... Um, And eventually, at first, what I saw was like really cool. And sometimes, was well, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I kind of want to train on my own. It's national selfishness, national, natural selfishness. But now I see them both as individual and completely separate in some ways um, gifts. Um, as much as each one has its own sense of burden, you know, being an athlete comes with what? Hanging out with your family less, going out to drink less, uh, being more selfish, being anxious. You know, you, you, you're you focused. You can't miss training. You can't miss a meal. You can't go out. You know, if if even when you get home and you're battered and bruised from training, you're just like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now I want to focus on myself. I want to or you get tweaked and your little tweak and you just you can't let it go. And your brain is consumed by it. But you still got to be a father, a husband, a, a wife, a, a sister, a brother, a friend, a leader. And you're just like, oh, fuck off, you know. And then there's also the amazing feeling of feeling that drive of being focused, of being, feeling dangerous and feeling like you're the baddest motherfucker in the room because that comes with, that comes with that internal primal ability of being a man on a hunt, being a a person that has seen the prey and you just become like tenacious and relentless and it's a beautiful feeling. It's just the biggest connection you can feel to a hunting wolf. This is why wolves are so popular and you know, you know, bears and these ferocious lions, because when we become competitive, we touch our primal senses. Mm -hmm. We be our primal self, you know, we're we're driven by something beyond our capabilities because that's what it takes to compete or push your limits. Right. It's not just like, it's not just science, you know, not only that, you know, and those are incredible things that I also find in coaching, you know, like I've always said, being uh, an athlete is selfish and being a coach is selflessness. And both of those aspects have allowed me to become or allowed me to mature in a way that has given me some of the greatest moments and will always give me the greatest moments of my life. And then, you know, obviously life isn't forever. Everything ends, you know, whether it's tomorrow or in 20 years. And some of the best moments of my life have come as an athlete. And I'll be very honest, some of the better moments, if not the best moments, have come as a coach. because I felt in my life that I was always a better teacher than coach. And that's something that I've come across in my later years, sitting down with myself and being Mm -hmm. like, Mike, you know, you're a great athlete and whatever, but you're a better coach in the sense of what you want to give. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm just saying what I feel and what I see and what I produce feels better as a coach. Um, But I just, won't let that athlete die that easy <laughs> I mean, because i feel th- i like i said at the beginning like what if there's something right around that turn for me what yeah. if that for us not just me but us
1: of course and in this situation where you are uh you know obviously preparing for this competition you know florida's is always known to be heavy so it's challenging fucking Alan, <laughs> <laughs> which is like you know what you're getting into and you still choose this this particular comp because obviously um emotional attachment to it so can you kind of explain to people why coming back from injury you would choose this particular comp over any other
0: that's so yeah (laughs) Uh, talking about myself um so first of all shout out to alan from iron house um, absolutely who's competing today in american strongest man one of my oldest one of my first strongman no my first strongman coach But also one of the first guys to really reach out, Uh, no, my second actually, Heath Allison first host me, but Allen was actually the one that sat down and helped me insult a lot of us. Um, So shout out to him, and also for making Florida Strongest so fucking heavy. Like it weeds out the pussies. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get a lot of guys that compete 80% of the years in like lighter shows and stuff like that, and then it goes like, okay, man. Now it's time to be the best of the best with a fucking yoke that can kill you. You ready? Oh, no, man. You know, it's just that. No, bro. No. This shows every year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, in 2014, this was about, oh, about two years into uh, training, one year of really being somewhat competitive and strongman. I won Florida's strongest man in 2014. It was awesome. Um, yeah. I came in very, very strong. Um and athletic, and uninjured, I had done a powerlifting, I had competed in nationals, placed 15th of every, that was a, the year that the Hatch twins competed, so imagine I had a fucking, Zach McCarley was a heavyweight, I forgot the name of this guy, he, he he owned spider tacky, he won his pro card, you're talking about, you know, some of the, the strongest 231s ever, um, Barrett was there, anyways, I took 15th that year, I competed in a powerlifting meet two weeks later, where I totaled, it's Not a big deal, it's just 700 kilos. It was nothing, I mean, compared to what people are doing now. Mm-hmm. And then three weeks after that, I won Florida strongest man again. One of those, like, man. I should have not done this, yeah. but I was like, no one telling me otherwise. Every star aligned. fuck it, yeah. Um, and then those years after that, it started to you know become the could it became harder, you know, it was a good fight, but. To me, it's important, A, because um, that had always been a very big pinnacle for me as a strong. Everybody wants to win states. You know, it's a, such an awesome feeling to say you're the strongest 231 or whatever in the state. I mean, it's a big deal for us. It's a, yeah. it's a, you know, not only supporting the, the state and and and, and the, the sport, but that was always a big show for me. But coming back seven years later um, and still being relevant is very important. You know, I never and I never will be that guy that's like, oh, hey, good job, slugger. I always want to walk on that fucking battlefield and be like, Michael De La Pava might fucking win. And fuck, Mike's here. Not, oh, hey, you know, you know, good for you, for Rich- sure. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Even when I came back from my spine injury and bicep there, the only fucking guy that even stood with fucking Reed, who was an animal, bro. Yeah. And he's phenomenal. And we went at it. It's not like you know. Yeah. So it was a. It wasn't just like, oh, hey, you know, you you're back. It's more like, fuck, Mike's here too.
1: Well, yeah, there was. You could see that and as a spectator. You could see that some guys were like, oh man, that's good to see Mike's back. Right. And then that you finished that log.
0: I won the fucking log.
1: You won the log, and then you started seeing a little bit of worry yeah, like, on. Shit, some yeah, cases. and
0: I fucking want that, bro. And I'm. That's the athlete. See. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I want that. I think all of us here that are listening here in this room and, and, and are listening, we want to be recognized as something that can change, that can make a difference. We want that. You want to leave a footprint. I want to leave a fucking crater. You know, I want to bombard the scene. I want to be remembered as not only somebody who wasn't a fucking pussy, but like I can, I can do this, you know, and I still, and I know this feeling. The time, the day that I feel that I'm just doing this for participation medals, I'm out. Yeah, sure. I'm not that kind of person. Um so coming back seven years and doing that and now having seen my clan compete, you know, Lexi winning, Austin placing second in a stupid competitive fucking year. Yeah. You know, all my guys coming in so close, you know, and and competing together as a clan. That's what we're gonna do soon is, you know, it's gonna be like six or seven of us competing together. And what happened as an athlete as I was a singular athlete, now I'm competing as a coach athlete with my guy, which is also has its difficulties, but what a gift to be out there with my people and my crowd as a group. And so it's a very, it's a, obviously an emotional thing. It was Florida's always lands on a, you know, a comeback show. I always pick the heaviest, meanest, angriest show to be like, I'm back. Yeah, You sure. know, why am I going to pick? And I don't mean to say it, like, I would even pick my show. I love me. I love my shows. But no, you know, yeah. Florida's is the one. That's where I build my caliber of athlete and my my emotional endeavor is, you know.
1: Yeah, it's got to feel pretty good to have that carry over from like, oh, we train together as a clan too. We compete together. Yeah,
0: man, and I find that I want to beat them all, bro. Like, yeah. you know, and I love that feeling, Doug. Yeah. Like, you're training with your partner, man. And I've always been like that. You know me, Johnny. Yeah. It's like we're in a room, we're friends. I'm like, but I want to win. <laughs> you know, and I'm gonna have a good time. You know, and I, it's the same thing I tell with everybody.
1: You know? the other guy didn't even know he was competing. But yeah, No, we are. You know, Get hemoglobin
0: fuck levels. Fuck
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. They'll remember it forever. Yeah, it's stupid. So let's talk about how, you know, in, in your regular prep, in your regular training, obviously you can go about things, your approach is a certain way, but what specifically are you changing in terms of prep? So what are the things that you really had to go, okay, I need to change this, I need to do X, and how did that change, like sleep, eating, mental state yeah so um
0: well i say this every every year i guess i'm older now um you know i turned 37 this year but my body is for sure going on 50 you know i got a very real talk from my orthopedic on my knees like hey man you know knee, knee replacement is 100 percent happening sometime in your future um he goes i know you're not gonna stop but just it's probably 10 15 years from now but it's coming uh, you know same thing with the spine conversations and these are things now that uh, had once seemed far-fetched or impossible or you know uh, limited by your mental capacity because if you're mentally strong you'll never get hurt which is bullshit yeah you know it's something you think in your 20s science would argue <laughs> hey man it's in your mind but yeah right um also nutritionally um and i say this every year and i and i hunker down and i have and i will obviously my off seasons and my my self-destructive nature have always been something that I've openly admitted to experiencing and, and, and my life choices and my vices have always been a battle to me. I've always uh, talked about that openly, drinking and, and partying and fucking around and training too hard and, and working too much and sleeping too little and, and running a business and, and never never not being there for someone as we discussed why after 2017. It's like I don't say no to social gatherings no matter what, uh, social contracts as I sometimes feel like they are but um these these choices uh have now felt every year feel a little bit more more heavy and though and i and I continuously like I said, it is about more weight, which means I need to get stronger, but more importantly, I need to get smarter and i've I've been dieting and working you know I've worked with Paul O'Neill. and I'm now currently working with uh Mandy, she's not really on Instagram or else so I'd call her out. Um, but she's been exceptional, and both of them have changed my life. I was just going to talk to Paul today about just a great episode, by the way. Yes, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, we did interview Paul. Mm-hmm. We have everybody. You know what? I'm going to tell him to repost that shit, Punk. I was one of the first ones with him. Uh, we were right, and we were the best. Yeah, we were honestly, all the way from uh, from Canada. So, you know these 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 decisions now. It's like I have to. Mm-hmm. You know, recently. My gut went to shit, like yeah. you know, and we, <laughs> what I used to think was both, like ah, oh, no, it's impossible. From simple gastritis to GERD to legitimate, fucked up. Like I couldn't even have. I was having nausea, vertigo. I was feeling dizzy. My I was having. I was I felt seasick twenty four hours a day for weeks. Yeah. Where I went to the I actually went to the hospital. I'm like, which you know, bro, like for you know, don't go to the hospital, die, and be a man, you
1: know, like, that's,
0: that's where, but I was like, okay, this is, I was having cold sweats, about to pass out in my fucking bathroom, I'm like, okay, something's wrong, um, and I realized, and it's like something Paul and, 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 you know, Mandy's in green is like, well, nutrition's always been the answer, and, but that's the kind of blurry gray area that we play with the most in our lives as athletes, because it's what is the easiest to give up, it's not easy to give up a training session. You know, for those of you who haven't been hurt, wait for it. When those of you who have not had surgery, when well, your life is limited now. You need rides. You need help upstairs. You need help wiping your ass. Like, you you can't do shit. You know, th- that's hard to lose that freedom. But to fuck around with food and alcohol, it's like, eh, whatever. Until it's too, you can. Yeah. Um, and that was being one of my biggest steps. So I've kind of had to take that hit where and I it's one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing not only this but the vlog it's because I want to show the aspect and the transparency of like how much I really want this you know I've been dieting relatively strictly for since uh almost June for a show in December which I never do Actually, yeah. most strong men, anyone doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't live a lifestyle that lends itself to dieting all the time. I just, I'd be honest with you. But I, you know, I had my fun in, in August, which I was the most sick. And in July, I was the most sick, very sick.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because of gut issues. And so, um, to answer your question and not get too far fetched, what I'm telling you guys is that don't wait to a certain time in your life where you have to do something. You know, for the most part, I've been pretty good at something, but like now I have to, like I really have to at this age and this weight and this damage in my body. If I don't do things at least with an 85, 90% adherence, not only am I full of shit, which really pisses me off, but it, it sucks and it hurts. Like it physically hurts me, my gut, my knees, my back. So I don't have that luxury anymore. I'm not, even, I'd even give three years, bro. That's how, even three years ago, it was easier. You know what I mean? And so these are some of the things that I've been kind of hunkering down on. I'm working with nutritionists. I'm working with Zach McCarley as my programmer. I'm working with Roger Reset as, uh, 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 yeah, and we talked about this uh, in in going internationals last year. And your question was why? And I said, because I fucking deserve it. I remember this part, which is rare because I never remember. Talking
1: about what you were spending on your body.
0: And I said, I I deserve it. And I do. And I need to, I need to reciprocate it Mm -hmm. uh, and and push it and show my, my people that are invested in me, not only because it's financially, but they actually want to see me succeed. So this has been one of the biggest things I tell you. And I tell those, uh, a lot of the guys that are listening, it's like there is no other competition. Sometimes you cannot guarantee yourself that this is one of many. You have to sometimes treat it, at least mentally, and this is just a cue. Remember, it's a cue, not a set-in-stone GPS. This is a cue. This is my last one. And I use this is me personally. I know that it's not my last one. I'm not using it as my say-all, be-all, but I use it as an inspiration, like a banner. Mm-hmm. This is the last one you have, motherfucker. Are you giving it your all? This, you know, like the whole ET. Do you really want it that bad, or do you want to party with your friends more? Yeah. Or you want to drink more.
1: So um, this is kind of on topic, off topic, but when I was like a 19-year-old kid, I used to work for PetSmart. I had this manager who was Venezuelan, he's Venezuelan military. (laughs) And... uh, Uh, Throw it, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I had casually been coming to work late, pretty often, not by a lot, but five, 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes. Sure. And he got pissed. So he calls me into the office and he goes, hey, John, you know, I have this write up for you. And I just want to know that I like I want you to know I like you as an employee, but I won't tolerate tardiness. And I looked at him and I said, hmm. now I'm 19. So, of course, yeah. so my dick the- is huge. <laughs> <laughs> so I sit down and he's like, I just want you to sign it. And I see a comment section. So I sign it and then I write in the comment section. Right, here you go. And I look him in the face, and I'm waiting for him. And he sits down, and he reads it. And he's like, get out of my office. Go go back to work. Get out of my office. All right. So I go to work. 15 minutes later, he calls me back. I come in the office. And he takes the write-up, and he crumples it up, and he throws it in the trash. And he goes, if you ever fucking do that to me again, I'll fire you. What I wrote was, Ricardo should lead by example because he was always 5 or 10 minutes late. Oof.
0: <laughs> and he was so
1: as a coach, have you ever had one of those oh. moments where you were like you motherfucker. Yeah, so okay. Wow,
0: wow. What a setup. You buddy, you know where we were going with that. <laughs> Jesus, what a great story by the way. That was oh god. Um wow. Um hmm. I have never and had not never or that I can't recall at this very second. Uh, direct calling me out by example by a lifter i have had conversations with friends and family outside of that mm. but what i have seen is the look that look that says everything like but why do you do it <laughs> damn it <laughs> and there's a look that human beings have if you're if you're observant enough that says everything like an eyebrow raised or a look like, yeah, but why do you do it? Mm. And I have had that. When I was younger, I mm. would lash out. I'd be like, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like who the fuck do you think you, you know, because that's yeah, what you course. do. As I've gotten older uh, and I, I suppose, um, I don't know, maybe wiser too, but definitely more experienced, more seasoned. I see it. And I say, the reason why you're looking at me like that, and I understand why you're doing it, is because you think you can live the life that I live. Mm, that's good. And I'm telling you that you can't. And not because you're not strong enough, but maybe because you're not dumb enough. And I'm not talking to you because I think I'm better than you. I'm talking to you because I've done stupider things than you. When I didn't have someone like me telling you not to do stupid things in my life, for the most part. Mm. So i see it and i recognize it and when i used to come from a place of arrogance i used to come down on them with thunder fuck you you're a pussy you can't do this no way now it's like you you can try but i know you Mm -hmm. and you know that i know you and you know that what you're doing is not who you really are yeah and it's not because and i and i tell them you know I used to wear I think a lot of us as young people wear bad decisions as a badge of honor. And then you get you become grown. And although you never take the badge off, you let dust collect. I don't want to keep shining that thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I have other things to offer. And that's so not directly. I didn't need the comment section. It's that can see the look. They're like, Well, you know, you you do this and I'm like, Yeah, but I don't think you're And it's the truth. I don't say it to be like manipulative. I don't think you're that stupid. Yeah. You know, and and you can talk, I wish Wes, one day I'm going to have Wes here. I swear to God. You know what? That's a good idea. I would love that. I think, bro, I just spoke to him today and I, and he will tell you I was extremely difficult in that sense. I would always do too much and he would always say if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a hard head, you better not have a soft ass. (laughs) And I was like It's just like If you're gonna be dumb You better be tough And that's what Randy told me My two Two of my most Influential coaches in my life I told me the same thing Which means I've done The same (laughs) stupid shit For like 15 years And I tell these guys I'm like Don't do that So that's a That's a really good question Never directly But indirectly In many Or worse And I tell y'all cherry the top I see them doing What I'm doing Mm. I see their reaction To something And I'm like no, <laughs> I'm like don't do that, please. You know, that was fucking that was
1: awesome. That was a good. One. Yeah, for sure. You know, we got we always got a little curveball. Wow, I poured a lot of I like yeah, of. Yeah, you that. went a little heavy on this. I don't know. I respect it, but well,
0: it tastes like am we're drinking Irish whiskey charcoal, and it's amazing.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: Just wanted everybody to know <laughs> it's
1: better than whatever you're drinking. Idiots. Yeah, plebs. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, so for people that might be con kind of, this may be their first competition, maybe it's their 100th, but I feel like everyone has um, their own thing in terms of preparation and stuff. Do you have, like, preparation absolutes? Like, I have to have X. I I I cannot compete if I don't have Y.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Okay. I, think, I think a lot of people do that. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there And I was like this. Um, Here's an example, like how fighters would be like, oh, I can't have sex, you know, back in the day for like four weeks, three months, or, you know, I can't see family for, you know, which is, you know, we've all proven that that's a bad idea. But (laughs) um, I, and I use it as an example uh, playfully, but also uh, the importance of ritual is what you might be asking me Mm -hmm. in, in another context. How important ritual and tradition is for an athlete. And I'll argue that the psychology of, ritual and tradition is one of the most important things in any sense of not only sport but war but any kind of progress for us as human beings and since the beginning of time but to correlate it to how we are now in this very second there are certain things that i do that i never change because i feel that the cost is either really high or that the I mean, not the cost. The benefit is really high and the cost is relatively minimal or irrelevant. For example, watching Gladiator before competition. I always watch Gladiator before competition because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not losing sleep. I'm not doing anything physical. I'm not avoiding contact. It's The benefit is so high and the cost is almost irrelevant. If I don't see Gladiator, am I going to be affected in any way? Oh, I'm just going to be like, I didn't see my one of my favorite movies. What I used to do is, you know, started becoming very tunnel vision very focused very aggressive almost arrogant cocky you can hear maybe even some of my older podcasts i don't know um or even some of my just my old coaching where you have to become you know this kind of like self-driven machine and you become an, almost antagonistic and you wall yourself in yes but to an extent You know, I think one of the most important things we can discuss here, and I will always suggest this to all my listeners and you guys are listening to is every single show, contest or prep or meet is going to have its own individual cases of stressors and variabilities. Meaning if you are set in your ways, you will crumble over time. You have to adapt and change and overcome to what is happening in the moment and be, you know, flow into it. So you can't say, oh, eight weeks out, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm like, yeah, but what if you're financially fucked? What if you're going through a divorce? Mm
1: -hmm. What if
0: you're you're sick? What if you get hurt? What are you going to do now? Quit? Because you can't train on Saturdays? What if your schedule changes at work? Mm -hmm. And traditionally, you always train on Saturday at six, and you set yourself up for this mental fuck. So what I tell people is that, as much as this is now a person that's competing in a bunch of shit, but you have, I think when you set certain things in stone make sure that the cost really supersedes, excuse me, why do I keep saying that? That the benefit keeps superseding the cost. Meaning that everything that's great about it is so much higher. Those are the ones you want to set in stone, a family dinner, something that's just like not a big deal, but Mm. don't be so set in your ways that when you don't have this, when life throws you a curveball, your comp- your whole cycle crumbles. Oh, I got to do this or I got to wear this. You know, I got to squat on Tuesday. But now you work on Tuesday. And you're like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll wait till next time. There is no fucking next time. Yeah. Um, so aside from that, but typically for me, uh, traditionally, um, I think it's important to become a little bit more selfish. I think it's, a, and listen to what I'm saying, a little bit more. Meaning it has to be realistically and relative to your life. Right. You know, if unless you're a professional athlete, if you're a professional athlete, this is your job. This is what you do. For some of us who are either semi-professional amateurs or just really love it more than life, you know, set your standards. Put it a little bit higher than normal. Put your, 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 your daily habits and your approaches and your correlations to people a little bit lower than what is really important right now just like anything else yeah you're getting ready for a promotion are you gonna come in late is it time to take a vacation you're getting ready to to have a family is it time to buy a new sports car, or is it time to fucking go to vacation no it's the same way you that's the same way you should approach sport if you don't want to get crazy stressed out it doesn't mean i do not support the zealots and and the motherfuckers that go crazy yeah you got i got you because i can get like that too but it has to be relative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For me, when I set my days of training, those are the days I'm extreme. Nothing will get in the way of my training. Nothing. Not a human being, not a flu, nothing. Nothing. Those are days that are set for me. I set it, I set my schedule, I won't miss it. I won't fuck around with that because I have planned it. I can plan my life around that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of tools and tips and tricks that I always tell people, but be intelligent. You have to adopt, man. Like, I'm not telling you not to be aggressive about it. I'm just telling you not to be a fucking idiot and set your way so hard that when you become a little bit older and your variabilities, this is how everybody quits, man. Yeah. How many fucking people do you see right now on Instagram and sports or suddenly like two years in, three years in, oh man, you know, I got to focus on new things. You know, I just realized that there's more to life than strong man. I'm like, that's because you had no idea of management because it was never that fucking important because when you love something, you make it fucking work. Mm. Yeah, fucking make it work.
1: I mean, that's pretty much every episode.
0: Every fucking, that's just, and when you gotta work, when oh, I was just talking about that. When you gotta work your ass off to do something you love, you make it work, man. Mm-hmm. You 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 do it by management, by sacrifices, by adapting, by bending, not necessarily breaking. And you guys that are listening right now, and you're getting this concept of it, I I promise you, I'm not telling you not to be adhering to something but make sure that what you cement yourself to has a high high benefit and that you can continue this thing for the rest of your life meaning not drinking. that's as much as i hate to say it that's probably super beneficial as mean as we drink but super beneficial you know spending a little bit more time in the gym and not doing stupid shit, getting more sleep getting nutritious nutritional food what's sleep getting advice getting help getting mobility getting therapy these are all things that have a high super high turnover yeah not being antisocial, getting super aggressive not seeing your family like anyone will tell you anyone that comes off they're like yeah man you know that's what it took but i feel like i could have done it a different way everyone dave tate yeah fucking dorian yates they're like, yeah, man, no, you know, I gave up everything. And, you know, looking back, you know, I probably could have done. I don't regret anything, but it's yeah. a typical speak. So yeah. I, would, yeah. I would always say things like that.
1: There's definitely, um, I think in Duffin's book, there's a mention of some things that like, I think he starts talking about his first marriage. Yeah. And how things. Well,
0: we just, yeah, right. When you brought the book up. Also another great episode. Another great episode. <laughs> Remember he told us that. There's yeah, a couple things.
1: Yeah. Hey, really? That was. I mean. <laughs> Have we done a bad episode? Man, no, we got to post that. Yeah. So, let's see. Sorry, I got lost in my notes. So, with these absolutes, right, has there been any any specific things that have changed in those um, outside of, like, obviously, injury? But like maybe the rituals changed a little bit before you used to do X, Y, and Z, um, you know, like say specifically for training, you know, you used to set a certain time. Now you've had to make your adjustments. Have you had to make any changes in terms of as you've gotten older outside of injury? Be it maybe because as a coach, you have to make these adjustments or I yeah. think athletically you're kind of forced to. So.
0: Twenty seven. Let's take age and define it as sports age. Yeah. So let's just say that, you know, because some guys will look at me or look at us and be like, oh boy I'm not in my late 30s. I'm like, but let's talk about sports age. Mm. You know, where An NFL running back is retiring at 27. You know, he's got three four the average running back career in the NFL is three, four years. They're done. I mean they're old by 28 that's crazy soccer 32 yeah Old they say Oh, he's already old i mean they're not old right so let's let's discuss that concept of a sports age um and what that really means and what that correlates to what we're talking about so when you say okay so what kind of changes can we do um first consider your sports age you know what have you done? Not only in what you've done, respectively, in your specific sport, but what you've done over time. If this is your first sport, and this is your first concept, and this is your first—you know—real. I'm talking about real competitive sport, not not exercising. I mean training. You know, like it was like, oh, I've been—you know—I've been training for 15 years. I'm like, no, bro, you've been exercising.
1: First of all, how dare you disrespect my Zumba class? <laughs> how do you think I got these hips, bro? I can't do it. Bro. That's why you don't
0: <laughs> fit in that chair now, but I can't. You would have said Pilates. I would
1: have respected that. That's hard. <laughs> Fucking Rhino Pilates. Death metal Pilates or death metal Zumba. Now death Zumba. Doomba. No. Wait. Hold on. I'm trying. Hold on. Zumba. Do it. Hey, you can't take that. It's trademark. That's our thing. We literally trademarked it right now. There's a lawyer here. Yep.
0: Right there. Mm. Okay. We pointed out this weird camera. It's on. Camera. I got it. So many cameras in this room right now. It's weird. Um, and I think that that. Let's take that first into account. Once you start doing that, you're going to have to understand that the longer you spend in any kind of strength sport, the more variabilities you have to deal with. Let's just talk about sports first. Injuries, you know, um, shortcomings, training schedules, adaptability, meaning you're now given, uh, I think as you get more elite, it becomes a little bit more simplified. So every set, every rep has to count because you're so technically sound. You're not doing five sets of eight. Yeah. You're doing five sets of two, and they better be fucking perfect because you don't have to, at that weight and that level, two times body weight, three times body weight, 1.5, four or five training days. You don't have the luxury of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. You can't let your knee come in at a two and a half times body weight squat. It can fucking crush you. When you were a beginner and it was same body weight squat, yeah, you can fuck it up all the time. Then you also have to start thinking about outside stressors. Now you're a little bit older in the sport. You have more um, quote-unquote responsibility. They know who you are. You have more self-expectations. Mm. People expect you to do well. Your coaches, your family, yourself. You might have sponsorship. You might uh, be recognized. They might call you on the microphone now as a champion or a record breaker or as somebody that matters. You have these psychological pressures
1: 2014
0: florida strongest man (laughs) exactly mdrp you know and it's all bullshit and then you have you're a little bit older Mm. you have you have work you have family and you have have, uh, financial responsibilities so what are all these things matter and what this is like you start to compartmentalize everything in your life to become a better athlete you start to focus okay what of these things can i shed going forward So what matters right now? PT, recovery time, sleep time, food, nutrition, um, uh, uh, you know, surrounding myself with people that understand what I'm trying to go through, supportive circles. Uh, Maybe a little less time, not completely gone, but a little less time pressuring yourself with social media. And you start to kind of fine-tune your definition going forward. And I think it's important to understand how long you've been in the sport because you could be... 37 years old, but only been doing this sport for three years, you're still very fresh. Mm-hmm. You can take, you can take a little bit more risk. You can compete a little bit more. You can fail a little bit more. You can ask a little bit more questions, be real with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in this fucking, in this environment and this culture need to understand, like you, you kind of have to earn your stripes, right? You kind of have to go through it a little bit more. It doesn't mean be a fucking idiot. I'm not green lighting like you <laughs> to be a fuck making a bunch of mistakes because I did that and that's stupid but think about where you want to go right mm-hmm. so understand your age, sports age, your responsibility in life and also the variabilities and pressures that are being surrounded by you internally psychologically when you understand those I'm only going to you know minimalize it to three there's a lot of other ones yeah sure but that's important you know if, you're, if it's a like for example a financial one Can you really afford nine coaches and nutritional coaches, a bunch of fucking drugs and food and meals and stuff? I mean, be real. Maybe you can't. Maybe you got kids. Yeah. Okay, so start cooking. You're a little bit older. Does that mean you can do a five sets of 10? Can you do a fucking uh, German volume program? Can you do Bulgarian split squats if you always have knee surgery issues? Okay, no. Take that into consideration.
1: Off topic, on topic. Does anyone get better at Bulgarian split split squats? Because I have not. Ever. I program those consistently. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, noticed. They are the worst. I just do so them. you know, still don't feel good at them. I don't do them. Months. Never, never. So just to let you know, I don't do them. Thanks. So Thanks man. I good. just push it on my people. <laughs> <laughs> Pieces of shit. <laughs> Fuck. I'd give my fucking kidney to do a Bulgarian split squad. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a king of that shit. God <laughs> now did. it hoits. Every time I do it, I'm like, wow. <laughs> it fucking hoits. <laughs> I'm not good at this at all. <laughs> no one is good at those things. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, I, I think... I think we just start minimalizing it and focusing on those things. If you can really dissect into those three different levels, you know, obviously your sports age, um, you know, life stressors. And then of course, psychological, I don't want to say issues, but psychological pressures that we lay upon ourselves. Think about your first comp; Everything's amazing. I got a PR. Everything's great. I'm happy. Everything's good. I feel so proud of myself. Mm. Think about your 10th. Oh man, I used to do that shit in practice or, you know, I did it in the gym. Fuck this and fuck you know, you have to kind of take these into consideration. And I think a lot of people don't. And then, you know, time, bro. You know, some of us, I, I saw so some people are like, oh man, I can only train three times a week. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. But you
1: have to be real with yourself.
0: Oh yeah, but I used to train six days a week. I'm like, yeah, but you're not that person anymore.
1: You're not that guy, pal.
0: Yeah, you're not that guy, pal. You know, oh yeah, I used to squat 500. I'm like, okay. But maybe that's not where we're at right now. Yeah. You know, and I, I think people need to kind of be real with themselves like that.
1: You know, you did touch in that conversation just now. You were talking about expectations of people. And it got me thinking a little bit about, you know, just you as a human in terms of competitor. And can you think, and I don't, maybe we've talked about this before, but now it just kind of is standing out to me. Can you think of a time where you were like, I just set it off for my people. Like what I just did. Is like I made them so proud, and then to counter that, what is something that you've done in terms of maybe competing or maybe in prep where you're like, man, I just failed everybody.
0: Oh. I wish it would. Okay. that's a good question. Um, I can think of the positive one first. Easy, right? <laughs> um, I think that log press uh and Florida's strongest man in 2019 was probably one of the greatest moments of my entire life. 2019? Yeah. Uh, 2018. Yeah. Was 2018. it 2018? 2018, yeah, man. It's been three years. Um, I, I think that that was, you know, coming back from a, a bicep tear and a spine injury and losing like 18 months of time and winning that and hitting the biggest log press of my competitive life, like in competition, not like, you know, in the gym. Yeah. Was awesome I can feel it in the air It was uh, Even to that day I mean we made it Into a fucking shirt You know mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like it uh, It defined those Year Almost those two years Of work And I can feel Everyone coming with me On that log price And it was uh, Extremely emotional sort bomb Yeah It really was What it felt like <laughs> um, As far as Letting people down Or as letting myself down um, You know in this scenario, it's hard for others to see when I feel like I let others down. And I think a lot of us can relate to this. It's when a lot of people will look at us like everything's fine. You know, you're doing great. But internally we know that we're failing. Um and we mask it with, you know, distractions and stories and stuff like that. And a lot of the times and I'll be openly and very vulnerable and, and admitted to it's like when I go out drinking or when I, I miss a meal or I get, you know, drunk or I don't, you know, so drunk that I wake up you know, like we hung so hungover and I miss a training session or I don't PT, and, uh, I take a couple of days off and you don't see this, but I see this. And that, that hurts the most to me because I never had these pressures nine years ago, 10 years ago when I was a nobody. And now I've put these pressures on me on purpose because the responsibility of responsibility is a double-edged sword. And as much as it gives, continues to give me life, it also completely suffocates me when I feel that I am letting people down when no one is looking, when I am doubtful, when I'm anxious, when I'm fearful, when I'm scared. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. So I just uh, I did a sandbag to shoulder um, Friday morning. And I was uh, I was terrified. And I hate feeling scared. And um, I hate that feeling of doubting myself. And so I have this, uh, so I repaired my right bicep and my left bicep has hurt for, it was weird. It's like everything else, those who have been through surgery, if you get surgery on one limb, the other one suddenly magically starts to hurt, you know, it's Mm. like, so... I knew that I was going to do a two twenty sandbag. You know, competitive weight is two seventy five, and I'm strong at this. And suddenly, magically, in its amazing way, my bicep starts to hurt on Wednesday because I'm scared. Yeah, and you know, it's like, oh, it's mental. I go, but is it mental? And I have these backs back and forth. So it's Thursday night, and I know I'm getting up. I have to train now early in the morning, uh, not only to coach moving events, but just to train early. And I have to wake up, and I'm in my head. Thursday night, you know, aside from life's anxieties, again, you know, real life stuff, family, friends, drama, you know, whatever. I am innately, continuously picturing me tearing my bicep on this fucking bicep on this sandbag. I, I can't escape this, and I'm so disappointed in myself for being this way. And I'm picturing people telling me, you know, you know, what are you worried about? You know, you're not. It's not going to happen. You're fine and i'm portraying this and i'm picturing these images of people you know that may not happen at all and i'm so disappointed that i'm disappointing people for thinking this way and no one knows this john it's just me by myself and these fucking horrible doubtful moments and i'm like okay if i go to and i'm planning the surgery and i'm i'm planning the conversation with my pt and uh, look i've his name is Dr. Mickey. I'm like, Dr. Mickey and how to talk to him and what to tell him and what to get the MRI. And I'm planning my my rehab. And I sound like a crazy person. This is, nothing's even happened.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: And I'm thinking, hey, what are you doing, yeah. man? Like, what if anyone can see you now? And that sucks. Because, you know, you're not supposed to be this way. Right. And I think a lot of us as people put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we think about what other people think of us even though they would never even feel this way we're projecting we're we're role we're playing this bullshit in our head and that's when I think it's the worst it's not that necessarily I've less, i I've I'm sure I've let people down it's because I think that I'm letting people down and that's really myself defeating myself and then I get up Thursday, uh, Friday morning and I fucking destroy this sandbag because I'm so scared, yeah, that there's only one way, and it's like right into the fire, it's forward, it's like driving my nose in the fucking dirt, and i i it's like, what are you doing, you know, yeah, um, and sometimes I think the biggest fear of us all is like if you only knew like you wouldn't be giving me so much praise if you knew how scared I was. And that's me doing that. I think a lot of
1: us do that. What about the flip side of that, though? Like, if people truly knew, they would also think of, like, man, you know, that could have stopped him dead in his tracks. Nobody would have blamed him if he was that scared to stop. Right. But you see, that's the truth, John.
0: But that's not resonating fear. (laughs) Yeah. And I wish, I wish I could tell you that I wasn't a person, but I am. Like, you know. And then... Um, I don't know if sometimes I set myself this way up subconsciously to have to put myself through suffering so that I can prove myself that I'm something. I think it's mostly that Yeah, I can't do this. Um, normal. I have to completely set myself up for mental fate and I say nothing to no one. I don't say, Hey, I'm really scared cause my bicep, I don't tell people that because I feel like that's pussy shit. Yeah. But I certainly tell myself that <laughs> like you're going to die. Like, You're going to tell yourself that this really hurts. um, And so in that aspect, I think that I don't, I know that people wouldn't be disappointed. Like you said. Yeah. But in that moment, all I can think of was like, how disappointing (laughs) that you're thinking this.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Aren't you Michael? Like, aren't you MDLP? Like, what are you doing? Don't you, you know, preach this and do that. And I, like I said earlier, it's like, I'm telling you this because I don't think you can do this. I don't think you can have the conversations that I have with myself at night before big things that can hurt me because I don't think that's you. Mm. And I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to swim in these dark waters. And so in that aspect, that's where my biggest uh, fears and anxieties and judgments co- go into. It's, it's it's me projecting and, 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 and creating these this bullshit.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and, you know, even though I think ultimately that no one would people, I think people would relate to it. Um, but that's also twenty twenty hindsight. in the moment, I'm like, Wow, bro, what you know what a fucking failure for thinking this way, blah 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 you uh you wanna do this live thing? yeah, I'm about to jump in on that shit, oh
1: yeah, do you ever think about now since you reach you have such a bigger reach? obviously, you know a lot more you know people in the clan, and wow, oh, that comes off terribly, <laughs> sorry. You know, way more people at the axe and and obviously your social media. Do you you ever feel like, I think about this sometimes, um, especially since becoming a villain and and kind of impacting more lives, that my self-destructive things, I find myself thinking more about like, what would these people think about me if they saw me right now? (laughs) And like, it's sometimes, most of the time it doesn't. But right. sometimes it stops me from doing things and I'm like, man, I never did that before. I would have just full throttled this.
0: Right. So <laughs> I think a lot of the a lot of the moments, um I think a lot of the decisions in my life now currently are being decided by what I step by I put myself into. And I know you can say that in in, in most scenarios, but for the first time Oh, not the first time, but currently, for the the major portion of my life, most of my decisions are now, uh, tied into other people's lives. And that's, first of all, it sucks. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Let's be real. Um, we, I I know we in this room, I hate it. Mm. I fucking hate it. It's Um, just like, God. I, 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 I I can't, um, you know, I really can't stand it sometimes. Um and I tell people all the time, I say, Hey, you know, it's not that, um, it's not that I don't appreciate other people. It's just that this is not my personality type. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm purposely putting myself in a scenario where I have to think outside of myself. Um, and you know, it's not, these are people that have no bond to me other than loyalty and respect and a little bit of fear. Um, and that's, (laughs) that's something that I think now has uh, changed my life as an athlete, as a coach, you know, um, athletically, it has kept me from making a lot of stupid decisions, you know, and, and and knowing that I'm being watched at the time and that I don't want to get that look. That's like, yeah, but you did that, you know, and, and, and not having to have that confrontation, like, yeah, motherfucker, but you're a pussy, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) um, but also, you know getting in altercations or, or or being stupid or not making it home and not realizing that my life actually impacts impacts others and i hate that it's tough <laughs> i hate it it's really tough i hate it
1: there's a little bit of reward to it
0: oh there's a there's actually a lot of it yeah but in our mind we have to say it's a little <laughs> bit because if not you know it's like this is stupid i'm not a pussy <laughs> yeah i'm not a pussy you know <laughs> but it's i think a lot of us um I think a lot of us will, will shy away from something like that, and um, you know, and it it's 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 actually you know, prolip, proliferated into most aspects of my life. Thinking outside of myself and forcing me to be patient and to be understanding and to understand that um, not everyone should be or is anything like me. <laughs> you know, that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, why don't you? Um, you know, why don't we just like hit that up you know why don't we just like why aren't you just not a pussy about it you know like and I was just having this conversation not too recent it's like leadership is not saying yeah but if I would do that why didn't you do that it's always taking the L
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: instead of saying that being like well why did you do that and that's it not saying why would I do that at all because leadership is 80% losing and that's fine but the 20% is the most valuable thing in your life
1: Write that down because that's going to be big for you guys one that's day. That's
0: one day, one day. If you're stuck in this <laughs> fucking position.
1: So, um, you know, just to lighten the mood a little bit, <laughs> because you know, I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, since today is is mostly talking about preparing for competition and stuff sure. like that. Has there has there ever been a competition where you did not prepare and you were still successful? Okay, so. Sorry for whoever he's about to shit on.
0: No, no. Well, so <laughs> admittedly, um, so I was getting ready for my first competition, which was uh, Tampa Bay Strongest Man. Mm. This was when it used to be a strongman core show. It was in twenty thirteen. It was my first competition. It was in the fall. I was still playing rugby, and a week before, I got, I played a game and I got trashed. I mean, like, so this I can't believe I'm saying this on, 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 on record. Trash. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go next week. And I was like, oh, boys, I can't drink that much. I'm getting At the time, it was my first strength comp, you know? So I was treating it like, it's strong, man. I'm going to have fun. You know, it was still yeah. super serious, but I'm like, but I'm, you know, I'm like Viking. So like, I can like fucking train and lift and be total fucking douchebag about it. Two
1: day bender and PR. I got,
0: exactly. I got fucking <laughs> stupid drunk. Um. And my buddies ended up going next week, and I won. I came in, I won, novice. <laughs> now that being said, it's not uh, not green lighting doing this. And actually, looking back, uh, you know, as much as I want to be like, you know, that's cool, dog. It's like, ah, that was stupid. I got, I got a. Obviously, I, I was in the moment, man. I was—I didn't want to be, you know, cons- again, a lot of the decisions in my life has always been because of what I think other people think I should do. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not going to not drink. I'm not a pussy. And then I got <laughs> fucking drunk. And I ended up doing pretty good. I mean, I won.
1: Yeah. Um, That's as good as you can do.
0: Yeah. And, and <laughs> so a lot of the decisions were. So at the time, man was very new to me. So I thought it was this kind of like aggressive beer drinking, you know, Valhalla, fuck yeah, who cares, kill yourself kind of concept. (laughs) And then as I got stronger, I'm like, oh, there's a whole science to this. There's like a fucking, you know, because the the way the way we trained back then was everything was max effort, you know, and uh it was like let's just lift lift and then we'd eat. Well fucking we'd go to a buffet after and just eat a bunch of shit and have a couple beers and it was very blue collar, whatever. So in my mind, this is the way that I train I'm Like, you who cares? As a heavyweight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, who cares if I if I compete? You know, drinking the night before. You know, and then I got a little bit. Like, the sport starts to evolve. Now you have you know peak cycles and percentages, and you're adapting uh, food nutrition and everything so scientific. And you have uh, people that use you know different kind of charts and shit you're like, okay, well, now it's completely involved, myself included, where I tell people, am like, it's probably not a good idea to get wasted the week before when you're going to do max effort for reps. You know, I had a car deadlift that I took 24 fucking reps in. Oof. I mean, you're looking at a whole different monster. Also, I was 20, 28 years old, you know, so things were a little bit different. But yeah, that was one and uh, <laughs> where I did completely nothing, you know, for it. But um uh, Yeah, motherfucker.
1: Ugh. What a talent. Yeah, just just pure <laughs>
0: athlete. That's
1: just being me. me. Uh, so, you know, that, that was soft. That was a nice little. You saw what I did there? Get ready for this. Fuck, man. <clears throat> what are your current mental and emotional challenges with preparing for this comp? And how often, if at all, do you feel like you experience depression during prep? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <sighs> nice little dick punch.
0: I like it. Um, actually, I was just thinking about this earlier this week um, and what I'm experiencing right now mentally and going forward into something. I think I experience depression heavily at least a couple times a week. Uh, laced with anxiety and sometimes i have a confusion between and despite me understanding these things what is anxiety and what is depression and then that leads into isolation and then isolation typically i have to get out of very quickly i have to kind of fish my way out because isolation has always never been good for me as much as some parts of me um adhere to it i think the biggest issue that i deal with right now that is um is haunting me it's like a fucking horrible ghost is this kind of like is this it Mm -hmm. you know and um i had a i had a conversation at the gym a couple days ago and it's like i'm at the point now in my life where sometimes i think that it's more important to be lucky than strong and i kind of hate myself Mm -hmm. for feeling that and it's just like almost like a disgust that i would rather be lucky I've never been like that, you know, but then I always kind of remind myself of one of my favorite quotes that luck will often save a man if his courage holds. And that brings me out of these like tumultuous waters of kind of searching for, you know, just barely getting out of a training session when before I would just want to bring on the tidal waves of the world. And now I'm just like, well, not too much, not too little, and cut a little bit short. And sometimes I leave completely and utterly disgusted. Disgusted is the word I would use, disgusted. Like, what have I become that I cut a rep short and a set short? And that's not me in any capacity. And am I becoming tame? Am I becoming domesticated, which is the most haunting feeling of my life and it leads into this kind of like avenue of of uh, uh, you know self introspection am I really doing this you know and that's been the hardest thing for me am I really relevant to myself anymore and that's hard for me because I'm so hard on myself I'm hard on everything so it's hard for me when I uh, I've been doing competitive sports for you know, almost 14 years. Yeah. And, and like, I'm like, and you know, you hear the whispers. You know, Why don't you stop? Why does it, is this it? You know, why don't you, why don't you, you know, is, you know, when are you going to keep going? And they become a little bit louder. And of course we become a little bit resilient. So, but I have my moments often. It, I counter to popular belief. Um, I have more bad moments than good is that I just happen to resonate heavily on the good ones. Yeah. Um, You know, and despite, I don't really portray myself as a person that is invincible. In fact, I, on the contrary, I portray myself as a person that's heavily broken, but has become strong in the broken parts. Like Hemingway says, only a few can really thrive on that part. And so going into this particular one, it's like, you know, bicep surgery, spine injury, you know, knee surgery and then you know there's only a few of us that can say that and it's not again i don't want to polish that badge of honor in a sense um and i hit downs man i hit downs hard like everyone else um but instead of it's only self-doubt it's also self um not only self-isolation but self-identity you know is this is this who i am is this what i need to be is this what i really want You know, when you're waking up and you're limping downstairs and you're, you're a little bit more fucked up than usual, is this what I really want or is this what I think others want from me? And that is so fucking hard to sit with, you know, uh, uh, is it really what I want to do or am I just doing this because I think it appeases the crowd? Am I a man of the crowd or am I truly true to myself? And I, I I think all of us kind of fall into this conundrum in life uh, as, a, as a person, as a lifter, as a wife or husband or spouse or family member, it doesn't matter. You kind of understand, like, am I doing this because I want to or am I doing this because this is what is expected of me? And sometimes that expected of me voice rings a lot harder than the others, and it kind of leads me into a downward spiral of, like, questioning myself, you know, and being fearful, like, you know what it is to fear a training session? I have never felt that in my fucking life. Until recently. Never in my... I have stepped in the fucking ring. <laughs> and never have I felt that, man. Never. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's fucking shit, man. And of course, you know, so I have to kind of just like... Uh, Kind of take that with what it is right now, and how? it it gets into it.
1: How, how are you doing
0: it? So, um, <laughs> I think a lot of the 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 biggest thing that I have to do for myself is, um, and I know it sounds super fucking cliche, it is really just understanding that it's like Sisyphus. Like, and I said it in the last, I think in my last vlog, it's like suffering and work is the only things I was born to do. I know that I was born for that. I'm not saying that you were born for it, and I'm not saying that um, anyone else was born for it. Sure. But I think that my biggest value is having something to work for and something to sacrifice for, um, and that's where I, I find my greatness, personally. Meaning, if there is something that I'm scared of and something that I fear, there's something that I want or something that I desire or something that I'm going to destroy... There is that consistent hunt and fight for. And that's the only thing that I think I'm good at, like really good at. And I'm okay
1: with it. I've come to peace with that. That's well said. You know who also uh, believed life was lived to suffer? Uh, the, the great late DMX. Also <laughs> on his album, <laughs> It's Dark our, and Hell is Hot. One of our shirts. <laughs> which is one of our shirts. Yeah. Which you should own. We should be one of those shits. uh on his album said to live is to or you
0: can you know what or you can be really bad at a really really terrible at hitting muay thai bags like uh my buddy hardcore sully who uh is the worst <laughs> damn you saw what i did there looking right at you hard call out the worst and i know you're a dress fucker i'm gonna find you fuck you <laughs> <laughs> fucker um but
1: yeah man that's what I, that's
0: one of those things that I've fucking been going through in the last one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, It's like one of those things like, who are you once the crowd goes, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, we talk a lot about age. We talk a lot about, um, you know, our prime, you know, aging and all of those things. And um, I'm going to say this. Obviously, this is your perspective so it's not obviously not like a shot at you for for aging or that anyone thinks that you're past your prime because I think you still have a few more good years but right
0: i feel like i got two or three more fucking good years yeah
1: for sure but this con- this this question in this conversation will come up is as you age and you get further from what you would consider your prime do you feel like being able to prepare for a comp um or even compete is more bitter than sweet or vice versa
0: Oof. That's a tricky question. Um, Well, okay. So the term bittersweet comes from the combination of both. Right. There's going to come a certain time in your age, in your training age, where, again, let me reiterate training age, where uh, there is nothing, the only thing sweet about competition is winning. So where before, let's just compare this to a meal. You enjoy the appetizer. You enjoy the rice, the steak, the dessert, whatever. As you progress in life and you progress in sport, the only thing that feels really good at one point is paying the bill. And because you know what it it takes to pay that fucking bill. Mm -hmm. You become fixated, uh, obsessed Obsessed with that finite moment. And of course, because the only way to pay that bill is with the work you've put in, with the obsession and the resolve of the work and the hardships and the sacrifice and the passion it takes to fucking get your stupid card out and be the one that pays it. So, you know, at first, you know, you, you, what do you really like? You like the fucking. You like getting a comp. You like seeing your fucking friends. You like taking Instagram pictures. You like, uh, you know, you like posting on your fucking story. You you tried your fucking best, and you know, I had a good time, and I made my coach happy. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, get, okay, fuck, I'll talk to you in
1: six years, right? You jump into your coach's arms. That's yeah. my plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Full send. Two seventy five. I'm fucking ready. I'm fucking ready. I'm wearing my soft, I'm wearing my faja.
0: And uh, and think about it. Yeah. You start to progress. And then now you go to a restaurant, you expect the appetizer, don't you? Mm. Right? Good you point. expect the steak to take, taste good. I mean, you're paying for it. I mean, you're not really thinking it's a bad steak, right? You're not like, look at this. I expect good service. You expect your fucking drink to be refilled. Yeah. And then that bill comes. And you're like, oh. Now, when you're in the beginning, you're like, you wanna. You want to go 50-50? That's or you know what I'm talking about? And then eventually, what do you do when you're like, don't even he- you don't even look at the bill, right? When you're a G. Like just. And that's what I feel competition eventually becomes. Not so much bitter and or sweet, but bittersweet. Because it's the end game, it's the result. Like, yes, you're right. Of course I'm in Of course I'm in love with the process. Because the process is what allows me to pay the bill. But I want to fucking win. <laughs> right. I'm not there for third place i'm not there to uh hey i gave it my all thank you and i'll even say it hey this was great i'm happy but i fucking hate that i didn't win <laughs> yeah you know i'll say it and i think at a certain training age that's all we come for look at all the world record holders look at all the champions they'll say it hey man good meat i'm happy it, overall no injuries but i came for a world record and i didn't get it so you know back to the drawing board yeah you know, you can look at guys that win. That's and the most didn't humble s- way to say fuck. Fuck. <laughs> they they'll go in there and they'll they'll say it. They're like you look at them like, hey, you won. they are like, yeah, no, I won, but uh you know, I hit that in training, and you're looking at them like they're crazy. But they they know what it is to pay the bill. They're not in the appetizer, they're not looking at the ice cream dessert. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey man, I worked my dick off to pay the bill. Yep. That's a good fucking Write that down. We're going to write that shit down. All right, I'm out of here on the live feed. I love it. I'll see you motherfuckers later, bro.
1: So, I really love that. You know, you've always mentioned how competing is your way of expressing yourself. Can you put into words what you hope to express when you compete at Florida's this year? That's a great question. I mean... That's part of the John Banks you're, show. You're fucking
0: coming <laughs> at me right now. So I talked about it earlier. Um Well okay. So warriors die twice, right? You know, one when you die and one when it stops speaking your hmm. name. And it's important that I think we all identify what we want to be remembered as. Or who or what, obviously. Um And when I get a chance to train, and this is something that I said recently on the vlog too, it's like I have worked my ass off to be able to train. Like I have worked my fucking ass off to be able to train. And just to be able to get ready for a show after all the bullshit, is a fucking journey. That being said, I don't only want to be remembered for the guy who never gave up, although that's important to me. I want to be remembered as a fucking force. I want impact. I want... I want echo. I want thunder. I want something to hit hard. I want people to know that there is more to me than just my lifts too but of course I want to win. Of course I want a medal. Of course I want a trophy. Of course I want that that glory. But I want people to look beyond the head tattoos and the, M- the MDLP bullshit and the fucking Instagram and, and the fucking character buildup. I want people to see a fucking man that is relentless. I want to see a piece of work that is a myriad of colors. I want my painting to look aggressive. I want my canvas to look etched and scratched and worked. Not only as a piece of art, but like a storm. I want it. I want it in my soul. I don't want it to be one color. I don't want it to be 10. I want it to be a million. I want people to look at it and not understand it. I want it to be that really annoying painting that no one gets but that one Fucking rich person that buys it Because it speaks (laughs) to them I don't want people to get me That easily I want people to sit there For like 15 minutes And then hours And days and be like Oh I get it You know I I don't I'm not easily defined man I'm difficult You know I'm I'm complex I'm complicated I'm confused I'm an oxymoron You know I, I I'm different And I want that that execution to look like as somebody who worked their ass off to funnel that into the end of a blade because forging a weapon is a masterpiece of work it is fire it is sweat it is heat it is science it is spiritual because if you've ever forged something there is something about you that goes into every blade that you make speak to a swordsman Speak to a bladesmith. There's something different about that. I want to be remembered that way. I want people to look at me and be expressed and see that. I think all of us want that, right? There's no way I'm speaking to myself here. I think a little bit of us always leaves that platform or that contest or that battlefield in a way that's like, I want to be remembered this way. And everybody has their own thing absolutely but that's what i want i want it to be a fucking storm i want it to be a weapon i want it to be forged i want that i want it bad you know because of course i want to win yeah but let's say i don't right because that's reality i want that i'm like that motherfucker is a bad
1: motherfucker yeah
0: Always want that. I don't think anyone has ever stepped on there and want to be remembered as a fucking pussy or as a coward. I'm not even like absent of moral compass because there's no bit. There is no preaching of moral compass here. But let's be real. I want it to look aggressive. I want it to be. I wanted. I want you to see. I want you to look at me and see a set of armor that has been fucking. Banged up, bro. I'm good with it now. You know, I've, I'm I'm sitting with it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not like this fucking. You know, none of a, I don't think a lot of people that listen to this. Nobody wants to be that fucking shiny fucking knight in shining armor bullshit, man. So why do we? Why do we shy away from saying that? Why is everybody trying to portray? Oh, you know, I'm just trying to you know, so do my best and you know, fuck, be be different, dog. Like, understand why you're doing there. What do you want to be seen as? If you were a work of art, if you were a sculpture or a painting, what the fuck do you want to be? I'm "I'm like, don't stupid. I want to be a tree. No, shut up. I want to be something (laughs) that is looked upon like you're looking into the fucking sun. I want you to fucking squint your eyes to look at me. That's how fucking powerful that fucking scene is. That's what I want to feel. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's even rational, John. I'm saying that's what I want. I want to be a presence, bro. What the fuck? Why should anyone shy away from that? You know, that's what I always fucking, I always feel that we have to be real with ourselves. We have to be primal. What do you want from this? Oh, I just want to have a good time. Good for you. Get out of my way. Good for you, man. That's awesome. You want to just have a good time? Okay. I'm sure I'll get there one day. Mm.
1: Maybe. You know what feels really good? Fucking winning. Fucking That's the best winning. time winning.
0: <laughs> and if you don't win, then you should feel upset. Agreed. Oh no, they didn't do, you know, win. And like I said, I've said it before in other episodes. There is winning and there is victory. Winning is first place. You are the fucking champion. To me, victory is self-fucking. That is inside It is like revolution And rebellion Mm. To the semantics Very similar To the philosopher Miles apart To me personally There is winning There is first place And there is fucking victory I'm not I'm not green lighting bullshit And uh, you know Participation bullshit There's victory in your soul Because when you walk off And you close your eyes At the night of your competition You know You know what's in your heart. You know if you're a victor or a fucking loser. You know it. There's only one person that knows. Mm. And it's either your loved one who sees you cry yourself to sleep or you who cries yourself to sleep in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) If you're anything like me, you put on Purple Rain and cry yourself to fucking sleep. (laughs) But that's how we do it.
1: (laughs) What a song. Yeah, exactly. All right, well welcome to the john banks podcast (laughs) well mdlp goes to pee and uh you know while we're here and we're talking about competition and expression i think it's important to remember that everything that we do here is about not only competing and and becoming the best version of ourselves but also how this will carry over to your life how you approach everything in this world i think that we often lose ourselves in the preparation for competition. I think that we spend a lot of time thinking that competition is the only thing. And while that has its value, I think it's important to remember that all of this training, all of this preparation has made us better people. And I think that if you lose that, then you lose yourself. You lose a little bit of your humanity in terms of what, We at this podcast are trying to build what you probably are at home every time you listen, every time you put this podcast on and you try to, or you do connect with this podcast in a way. It's all about building and winning. It's all about expression in terms of as we get older, as we get bigger, as we get better, our expression of who we are represents us not only as competitors, but as people. And really, that's what we've grown here. If you think about it, 34 episodes in, we spent a lot of time expressing ourselves in this podcast like Mike will do in competition, like I will do in competition. Only so that we can sit on this podcast and and grow and express ourselves as people. So remember that every time you listen, you're listening because you're like us. You want to grow. You want to express. You want to be better. And this is where it starts. This has the been the John Banks podcast. No one else. Only me. <laughs> I am the best. <laughs> Shh, he's here. Oh
0: hey, oh, hey, what happened? No, what happened when no, no, I was no. gone? Just I just paused it. Nobody just talking to your buddies? Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're out of here too. What's your Heboglobin at? Fucking 16.1. definitely 12? a 17.
1: Fucking bullshit. <laughs> what did I miss? I'm the Heboglobin champion. Fucking guy. <laughs>
0: I wash my hands, all right. I wash my fucking hands.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's how you stop the COVID, right? Man, remember I remember that, in it, man. You
0: know, first of all, we went over at three o'clock, so we can do whatever we want. We oh, started we at three ten.
1: Yeah, it was definitely.
0: You know what I mean? No, it's a, We're I athletes. We're just two guys just hanging out,
1: Yeah, hanging out, in a whole
0: completely different room,
1: a very hot room, by the way. These light titties are really sweaty. That's what they. They're light That's
0: Exactly what they look like. Okay, we're gonna put that. Anything's
1: weird. a titty if you try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I grew <laughs> up without <laughs> internet porn. Don't judge me. <laughs>
0: this is how we pay our bills. Our <laughs>
1: Just two, two fucking adult children.
0: Fucking hell, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, I was like before I left, and obviously, um. I think I think that's that's a a huge factor to what we were saying.
1: I wanted to do a Family Guy, like play me off Johnny, but I don't really have that.
0: We'll add some sound effects to it. Apparently, this is the this is the podcast room of the future.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, except for we had nothing to be and able nothing. To. It would have been nice to get. So an to email. explain to you
0: guys what's going on, we got here into this room. Typically, it's just a table and a soundboard and like four mics. Now there's three cameras, fucking there's a soundboard plants. a camera board, a small TV, two TVs. And moved our table. Um, it's a whole different area. Yeah. And we just doing <laughs> this we tried to make this as nineteen twenty one as possible. <laughs> yeah, it's nineteen twenty one. Everyone being bought. Everybody's body, like the yeah, right. Uh the war of the Martians and shit, man.
1: <laughs> Here we are. Thanks for catching us, Flatfoot. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right, send us off. No pressure. Just do that thing you do at the end. No way, bro. We
0: got plenty of time. <laughs> we got plenty of time. Um, I think, uh, like I was saying before too, and this is something I want to kind of touch base on. Um, and I think what the whole premise of the of the of the of the show was really, it's kind of to identify why it is we're doing what we're doing. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about it today. Many days, I think a lot of us. And there's something what I said in the beginning is that some people are going to question this, you know, your resolve for your goal. And I'm going to speak directly to competitive athletes. Um, most of you guys listening are probably strength athletes. Um, but That being said, it doesn't really matter because athleticism and being an athlete, especially an amateur athlete, exists outside of the, the, the confines of money. So you're doing it because it's a passion. And passion, like love, is a sense of perspective. It is a sense. It's almost like catching quicksand. It is uh, very relevant to the person holding it. And it's slippery and it moves. And it, and, and it tends to push away. And I tell people often um, how important that is to understand. I mean, everyone will say to it, like, what's your why? Obviously, like, what's your why? But uh, for those of us getting ready for something in life and getting and, and pushing forward, it's that's not only your why, but who you are. Who are you in this process? What are you gonna become going into it? What are you gonna do being going forward into it? What are you going to learn from yourself? How are you gonna push yourself? How are you gonna be something fucking different? You know, we're gonna we're gonna exist out of the confines of life we're going to exist out of the confines of others yet we're going to be ruled by others opinions we're going to be uh, guided by others doubts it doesn't make any sense does it you know you you compete in a sport because it's it pushes you so far it's almost inhuman and yet you're completely driven by somebody telling you that you can't do that or that you shouldn't it doesn't make sense Think about it this way. It helps me all the time. I'm going I'm doing, or we are doing, things that are inhuman. Ninety nine point nine percent of the world, 99% of the world doesn't do what we do. We're very fortunate in this population and in this country to do what we do. Yeah, you're gonna be completely defined by things that are just like opinions. Hmm. And I tell people this all the time. And I was thinking about it today. I was <laughs> I was coming in fired up. I didn't want to be too fired up. Because typically, when I'm too fired up, I, I come off topic. But you know, I'm, I'm. We are getting ready for something in a in a in a in a time in a place, and in a moment where what you do absolutely fucking sets waves upon the world. The way you wake up in the morning, the way you approach the implement, the way you mm. eat, the way you dress, the way you walk into a room, it makes an impact. It sets you apart from the world. You have been gifted a moment in your life where you can stand out. There is nothing more important to a fucking human being than feeling like an individual that has been made because you forged it on your own. Because yes, you do have coaches. Yes, you do have friends. But it is you, ultimately, who has to wake up and execute this. You have the fucking honor to be something different and it is impossibly hard to continue forward if you give up on your fucking self. And now you wake up every morning you have a fucking goal. You have drive. You have purpose. The way you eat, the way you sleep, the way you spend time with your loved ones, is calculated, it's passionate, it is there because you understand that time is limited. For once in your life, you know that you have nine weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks to do something, which means you have become more cohesive and next to the concept that everything ends and ever before in your life, next to understanding that you're going into literally physical battle where you will die. We as humans will always replicate this in our soul. We were born to be fucking animals and primal and warriors. We were born to fight for our lives. That is what animals do. And we have found a fucking exit for it. We have found an avenue to push you into a concept of you are going into something that most people never have the fucking courage to fucking go into. Because it is easy to wake up your life, live it quietly, and then die. Mm. And never in our fucking lives, and never in mine, am I going to be remembered as a fucking shadow. I challenge you to be remembered as the sun, bro. I used to say this all the time, arrogantly and fucking confidently i was like man i am the son i used to say john i am the son i was so like louis the 14th i am the son why shy away from that you have a a a cusp of time and i don't mean that arrogantly you are that you you know it when you see somebody in prep they're different they have a, a look to them. They have a tenacity. They have a passion. It's, a, it's addictive. It is it is tangible. You can feel it in the room, bro. You're like, this motherfucker is getting ready for some shit. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why dull that down? Why would you have to be the gray when you can be the fucking son? I'm challenging you, man. You have chosen a path in your fucking life to be something different on your own accord, on your own bearings. Things that you are going to be remembered from. No one's going to take your total. No one's going to take your lifts. No one's going to take your effort. No one's going to take that sacrifice from you. That is something that is going to live and die, not only in your heart, but those who cared about you saw it like it was written in fucking stone, bro. Because when you die or somebody that you love dies, you want them to see you at your ultimate pinnacle of self Sacrifice because that is what loving is all about. Proving that you want to push your limit for something you fucking love. If you don't practice it on yourself, how the fuck do you think you're going to give it to somebody else? Don't give me this bullshit that you want to love something else. If you don't even know what it takes to fucking kill yourself for yourself. Don't fucking come at me with that bullshit. And I know you're listening to this. I feel it in my fucking bones. And you know that the reason why we compete is to stay relevant to ourselves. We need to matter to ourselves first. And then everybody feels that first. You think the rock cares about the waves in the water? The rock cares about making the biggest thunder in the room. And that's all it was born to do. Like the column, like the lighthouse. It was born to do one thing, the rest is a positive consequence. I don't know if this is why you compete. I certainly don't. But I know why I fucking compete. It brings purpose. It is the sun. It is the the things that I want to be remembered for. It's not the tattoos. It's not the muscles. It's not the fucking clothes and the swagger and the bullshit. I want to be remembered as that effigy of fucking effort, of passion, of work. Of course I want to win. Of fucking, I course I want to win. But it's not the only thing for me personally. I want victory. And notice how I use those words. Like, there you can say losing and defeat. I've said it before in previous podcasts. There is a fucking difference. So why would I change my effort now? So we're going to go forward. We're going we're gonna to conceptualize this, right? We're going to put this together before we fuck off, right? We have been born, some of us, for one thing everything is competition for me. I'm going to speak personally because I know what life is without drive. I know what life is without passion. I know what life is when you lose to life. I hate that feeling. I've seen it and I've felt it. I need this I need to be on words like some of you do. I don't only compete because I think it's the way of life. I compete because it's the only way I know to exist to myself. I am my own universe, bro. And I need this. I need the sun. It provides heat. It provides passion. It provides fire. I am a soul on fire, bro. I am a soul on fire. This is the Battle Ox podcast. Saying, "Don't be a pussy." Everything ends.